Hey, For The Girl fam, it's Mac, and I wanted to let you know that you are listening to the Daughters series. We are going to be studying incredible women from the Bible for the next six weeks, and we actually have a workbook or a Bible study that goes along with this study. You can get it on our website, forthegirl.com, and you will have an incredible tool and resource to help you engage with scripture, understand context, and really begin to interact with the text. We also have some super cool merch, a daughter sweatshirt, a Go Be His t-shirt, and a beanie. That's right. It's super cute. You're going to want to check that out also at forthegirl.com. We would love to have you join us in an even deeper way for this study by grabbing your workbook online. But that's all I got for you right now. Let's get into the episode. Welcome to the For The Girl podcast. Join best friends Mackenzie Wilson and Mackenzie Baker from Delight Ministries as they talk about all things relationships, faith, and, well, girls. This podcast is for the girl expectant for her future, for the girl who is ready to grow, and for the girl who needs some honest answers. Get ready, because this is for you. Hello, everybody. Welcome back. This one's going to be incredible. I hope you are ready and expectant and excited. Yes, because we are talking about not one daughter today, but two, Mary and Martha. Two. Double whammy. It's incredible. Yes. We're going to learn so much from them and their friendship and all the things. But um, okay, so to start it (laughs) off... We are giving you some three-minute tea, guys. Three-minute tea. We got the giggles up in here. Yeah, it's it's just a good day here, so... This tea. Kenz, why are you giggling? I am giggling for lots of reasons. Okay, so this tea <laughs> is... That's the real tea, apparently, from Kenz. <laughs> I would like to know what you're giggling about. Um, I honestly didn't know if Mary and Martha were friends or sisters. <laughs> <laughs> Have you even read the daughter's book? <laughs> I blanked. Friends, I blanked. So sisters. when I said friends, okay, that's great. Yeah. You guys, here we are, your Bible study that's leaders. That's a good lesson. Vulnerable. That's a good lesson. <laughs> you do not have to be a Bible expert to, you know, Some start to talk about the Bible. You can't know everything. You can't you know everything. Can't to know be everything. fair, I wrote the chapter on Mary and Martha, yeah. so, so I'm clearly you refreshed. haven't read it, but okay. <laughs> I have, though. She has. I, she, I know she has. I read it with her. Um, okay, three minutes. Were you tea. trying to suck me into saying that? Because you knew that's what I was I thinking. knew exactly what you were thinking. That is And so I honestly funny. thought that was good tea. Okay. All right. Three minute tea. This one's titled An Alabama Adventure. An Alabama Adventure. Three minutes on the clock. Let's go. I'll start us off, Ken's. Okay. So this is really early on. We had just graduated college. Ken's and I started traveling. And um, when we would travel, we were on a low budget. So we would ask our parents and friends of ours, like, hey, do you know anybody who lives in these random cities of the colleges that we were visiting? So we had just visited Tuscaloosa, University of Alabama, I think. And Mm -hmm. like the guests, it was like a friend, it was friends of my parents. I'd never met them before, but I mean, we were in Southern lavish luxury. Amazing. Like when we got home that night, there were fresh baked cookies and milk on a silver tray. Yeah. And, like, we thought we were living our best lives. That was our best life. Yeah. It was incredible. Like, it was just everything. It was like a Southern Living magazine. Yeah. We were, like, sleeping in ruffles. It was just great. It was a great time. So then the next stop. Sleeping in ruffles. That's awesome. Yeah. Okay. The next stop was all I knew was that it was my dad's cousin. But I'd never heard of this guy before in my entire life. So, like, it's not exactly, like, a close family relative. Yeah. My dad's cousins are from, like, deep 
deep in Alabama. And so lower Alabama, what my dad likes to refer to as L.A., lower Alabama. Oh. So I don't even remember what school we were visiting, but we show up. And we were deep out. I don't even know, far, far from a freeway. Yeah. And um, we roll up to the house, and it's my dad's cousin. And, like, I'm going to let Ken talk about this adventure. Yes. Okay. So we arrive there, and this sweet, sweet couple um, was there, greeted us I at the door. I wish I remember his name. I can't remember his name. Yeah. So, anyways, we were so hungry. And, you guys, you we should know that anytime we get to a place, like, usually they make you a really good dinner and it's, like, awesome. So, we're always, like, talking the first 30 minutes of getting there. We're like, oh, my gosh, what's the dinner going to be? It's going to be amazing. Can't wait. Well, we get there. It was, like, not good, honestly. (laughs) I I hope that... It was not good. Yeah, I think it was, like, something bologna. Meatloaf, I'm pretty sure. Oh, it was Just, meatloaf. like, meatloaf and with, like, chips. So it was, like, no food, Yeah, but he was green. very proud of his they dinner. Were, it, and so we just went along with it. We were, like, great. But here's what I really remember about this trip. Okay. I was exposed to real Southern football on this yeah. trip. I was shook. I didn't know that, like, you didn't men know about the rivalry. in the South. Well, I didn't know men in the South like watch football like like religiously yeah. every Sunday. Yeah. It honestly, I after that I was like, I don't know that I I I just thought I don't personally want to watch a lot of football. So I was like, whoever I marry, I don't know that this is going to so work. So is Josh not a boy. football fan? He's like a moderate football fan. Okay, so but he's not like religious about his no. football. I was shocked. I was like, every week you sit and watch football. All so, day. He was saying on Saturdays, because he's a big college football guy. On Saturdays, he watched all, all day. day. All day. Multiple TVs. Yeah, multiple TVs. Yeah, it wasn't. That's so true. Oh, oh, my. Anyways, it was an adventure, you guys. It was really funny. It was one of the more memorable stays we've had just because yeah it was like quite culture shocking in a lot of ways I yes. was like wow it was really great I feel like for you as a Cali girl I'm glad you got to experience yeah. um the deep south the deep deep yep. south yep it was a very interesting give us a time. good country accent. we love I can't remember his name I think it was cousin Ron cousin or something like Ron. that yeah yeah cousin yeah. Ron and what Susie is up with your country <laughs> accent right now <laughs> oh my All goodness right, you guys that's our tea. That's our tea from our travels, um, Delight Travels from way back when. How Funny fun. times. All right, let's jump into today's episode all about Mary and Martha, not just friends, sisters too. <laughs> all right, you guys, we are so pumped because today we're not talking about just one woman. We're talking about two women. Mm. Um, also, Mac, could you please just compliment me on how I now can say woman and woman? pretty well (laughs) (laughs) can you no i'm doubting it we've got two women yep versus one woman yeah come on you guys for the longest time i could running a women's ministry could not pronounce or know she called it college woman's ministry that's true (laughs) so here we are and it was always like this like it like cringed me like it was just this little thing i know it never sounded quite right too when it came out but (laughs) it just you know here we are i'm so proud of you you really nailed it it only took nine years but you got it down now thank you thank you (laughs) but anyways we are so excited to jump in this story and just see what we can learn from mary and martha yep um max gonna walk us through the scripture and then we are just gonna dive in so Mm. it's gonna be amazing yes okay I'm so excited so I have no doubt that if you have been around the church if you've been to a Sunday school before then you know who Mary and Martha are especially I remember hearing about them when I was a kid in Sunday school and then in some like 
teen girls groups and things like that. Um, and I really think we're going to get kind of a new picture of their story today and mm-hmm. how God really does how their story just gives us more of a glimpse into how God sees us as his daughter. So yes. I'm excited. But if you don't know Mary and Martha, they were two hospitable sisters who actually hosted Jesus and those traveling with them in their home. The name Martha means lady of the house. Martha was the older sister. Mm-hmm. And then the name Mary actually means wise woman. So Mary, she's a very wise woman. These are two sisters. Uh, we don't know a ton about whether they were just super young and this is why they weren't married. We don't know if they were widows. We don't know if like they were social outcasts. We're not sure, but we, we like to believe that they were not married. They were just sisters and they had a brother mm-hmm. named Lazarus. Um, and if you know the stories of Mary and Martha, you know a little bit about their personalities. You know the type. Martha, she was the older sister, maybe an Enneagram one, straight A student, type A, teacher's pet probably mm. kind of girl. We all know those girls. We do, we do. But then on the other hand, her sister Mary... I'm thinking Mary was maybe Enneagram 7, free Mm. spirit, fly by the seat of her pants, maybe a hippie kind of gal, maybe a lot like you, Ken's, honestly. Wow. Thank you. Yeah. I know Mary. Honestly, if we were probably going to say who's Mary and who's Martha in this story, I think you get Mary. I think I probably get Martha. Wow. I'm okay with it. Feels good. I'm okay with it. Um, But, you know, this is how it often goes with sisters. You usually do kind of get the complete opposites. Do you feel like you and your sister are pretty opposite? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Maybe not in this specific way, but, like, I feel that way. My sister and I are pretty different. We're pretty similar in a lot of ways and then pretty pretty wildly different. But I feel like this is a a special story for us because we both have one sister. So we can relate. We can relate. Sisters are the best. That's right. But they're from the village of Bethany. Um, This is a place that we see Jesus visit often. It was just outside of the city of Jerusalem, a couple miles. And Mary and Martha and their brother Lazarus, they were actually friends with Jesus. Like, can you imagine being friends with Jesus? Can you imagine Jesus stopping by your house for dinner? Just being like, what's up, guys? How are you? The coolest. I mean, I know we are friends with Jesus, but this, this is an even, you know, kind of a cooler (laughs) way to be friends with Jesus. But on one occasion, so the first passage of scripture that we're going to look at, it's actually in Luke 10, 38 through 42. Uh, Jesus is at the home of Mary and Martha for dinner. He was probably sitting in the main room of the house with perhaps Lazarus, maybe the disciples. And interestingly enough, we find out that Mary was sitting there at his feet too. And the writer um, Luke tells us that she was just listening, kind of absorbing everything that Jesus said. And Mm. her sister, Martha, she comes to Jesus and she says, hey, Jesus, Jesus, you got to tell Mary to come help me in the kitchen. Like, what has she been doing? I've been over here slaving away all day. I need some help. And before we go any further on this, because I'm already low key kind of judging Martha for this, like, you know, Mm -hmm. Martha's a tattletale basically. Mm -hmm. But we have to know that, you know, what Mary was doing in this moment, she was sitting at the feet of Jesus. Um, This is a different day and age. And and for Mary to be kind of with the men, it was pretty scandalous and unheard of during these days. You know, women, they typically stayed in the kitchen or in the women's quarters unless they were serving and men would typically congregate in the common room. And so I'm sure that Martha, you know, as the perfectionist older sister, she was probably like, like mortified that Mary was breaking this kind of unspoken cultural norm of the day and age. And she was probably thinking that what she was doing in the kitchen for Jesus was the more honorable thing and honorable choice. But I love how Jesus responds. He looks at her and he says, Martha, Martha, you are worried and upset about many things, but few things are needed or indeed only one. Mary has chosen what is better Mm -hmm. and it will not be taken away from her. 
And in scripture, um, anytime that Jesus repeats a name twice in a row, it typically signifies a term of endearment or importance. And so Jesus, he's not shaming Martha. He's lovingly looking at her, sweetly saying, hey, Martha, you have it backwards. Mm. And what I love is I think in this moment, you know, Jesus, he definitely honored Mary's choice to sit at his feet, to choose him over maybe her cultural duties, to learn more about his kingdom rather than being enslaved to the world's ways and not letting anything distract her from his love. But maybe Martha, you know, she might have been in that moment embarrassed by Jesus's words of correction to her. But my guess is maybe for the first time in her life, maybe the words of Jesus actually set her free because Mm -hmm. they weren't just for Mary. They were for Martha too. And all women daughters who would come after them because I think Martha now had full permission in the eyes of Jesus to leave behind what the world expected of her and to step into a relationship, a full, complete, messy relationship with Jesus. She could learn at his feet. She could ask questions like the disciples, like Peter, you know, those dumb questions Peter was always asking. She could soak in every word of Jesus. She didn't have to be only in the ke- in the kitchen, catching little tiny glimpses in between her duties. Martha was free because Jesus wanted her with him not just what she could do for him. And I think that's Mm. so powerful. Like God wants us with him, not Mm. just what we can do for him. Mm. And I think that's especially true for his daughters. And I think we get Mm. caught up in that a lot. And I want to talk more about that in a bit, but we got a couple more stories we got to dive into. You ready to keep moving? I'm so ready. Okay. We're flipping over to another book of the Bible. We're going to John 11. Um, You guys probably know this story. So in this story, Mary and Martha's brother gets super sick. Mary and Martha send for Jesus to come and heal him. You know, they're friends with this man who can heal the sick. He can feed thousands with just a little boy's packed lunch. He can cast out demons like surely he can come and save their brother. You know, Lazarus was Mm. friends with Jesus, but it turns out that Jesus doesn't show up and Lazarus actually ends up dying. And Mary and Martha, you know, they're just in deep morning. Lazarus, we read from the text, has been dead for four days, and then Jesus finally arrives. And my guess is that if I was friends with Jesus, I might be a little bitter towards him, a little upset Mm. that like Mm. my friend who does all these things for other people, like he didn't show up for me. And so we see Martha, she runs out to him and she says, you know, Lord, if you would have been here, my brother wouldn't have died. I'm guessing she kind of said that maybe a little snarkily, you know, Mm. you know me, those little like kind of like snarky little comments I can make sometimes. I'm guessing that's what Martha did right there. Um, (laughs) But the Jesus says one of his seven famous I am statements. He says, I'm the resurrection and life. The one who believes in me will live even though they die. And whoever lives, lives by believing in me will never die. And he Mm. says, do you believe this, Martha? She says, yes, she proclaims him to be the Messiah. Um, but then our girl, Mary, did you notice that Mary, Ken's the spirited sister, our passionate Enneagram Where 7. Is she? Yeah, she stayed in the house during mm. all of this. The one who wanted to be at the feet of Jesus, she didn't go running after him. Martha went running after him. Mm. And it seems a little odd. And, and my guess is that she's probably a little, again, bitter, upset mm. with Jesus. And mm. um, when she finally does meet up with Jesus, she falls at his feet. Like she just falls at his feet in deep mourning. And the Bible tells us that Jesus, after seeing her grief, he actually wept with her. He cried like Mm. tears, actual real tears, which is so beautiful um, that he didn't just like leave her in her mess and say, Martha, dust yourself off. Like, I know it's about to happen. He actually got into the messiness of her pain with her. 
But then he takes her to the tomb. Long story short, he raises Lazarus from the dead. We find out that while Mary and Martha, you know, thought Jesus was just wasting time, Jesus had actually been talking to God on their behalf, been working on this miracle. And gosh, isn't the same true in our lives? Like we get so frustrated, like, Jesus, are you even moving? Like, what are you doing? And so often we find that like God is, Jesus is actually talking to his father on our behalf to make a way to, to make room for our miracle when we think like he's ignored us or he's looked past us. And so I love this. That reminds me of that. And so so one last final story. We're moving to John 12. We're moving quickly here. So we got this dinner party. Guess what? Our girl, Martha, she's serving this time. They're celebrating Lazarus new life and Mary and classic Mary form. She begins to anoint the feet of Jesus with some very, very expensive oil. Um, she even lets her hair down and begins mm. wiping her feet with it. And this was scandy. This is very scandalous, Ken's. Mm. Men, women didn't often let their hair down. They and only had a top bun. Only ever had a top bun with that, look, you know, with I think probably a shawl over it. Mm. Um, she lets her hair down in front of everyone. And Judas, the disciple, who we know is about to betray Jesus, he he's a little offended by this and he expresses his offense to Jesus in this moment. He's like, hey, Jesus, we could have sold that perfume and spent the money on the poor, like giving it back to the poor. But Jesus says this to her. He says, hey, leave her alone. It was intended that she should save this perfume for the day of my burial. She will always have the, you will always have the poor among you, but you will not always have me. And so we see Jesus celebrate Mary's choice to lavishly worship and adore him. Mm. And, you know, all of these three stories of Mary and Martha, you know, when I kind of look at them over and over again, we see just kind of this common message or this common theme that, you know, as God's daughters, Jesus wants our messy, unfiltered, less than perfect, passionate worship, devotion, time, and attention way more than he wants our perfectly polished attempts to impress him. Mm. He wants you so much more than what you can do for him. Mm-hmm. I'm just going to say that again. Like God wants so, he wants you so much more than what you can do for him. And, you know, I think a lot of us have this backwards in Christian culture And Kenzie, I just kind of want to talk about like what that looks like. You know, I see so many women kind of living in this like legalistic framework or this striving framework of like, hey, I'm trying to prove how much I love you, God. Like I'm going to read my Bible this long or I'm going to, you know, go to all these different things. I'm going to sign up for these 10 leadership positions. I'm going to post this picture so that, God, you know how much I love you so that people can know how much I love you. And and often I've found that when I enter into a striving season, it starts to just kind of eat away at my heart a little bit. Like I lose that passion. I lose that just like enamored love that I would Mm -hmm. typically have for God. And so I don't know about you, but have you ever had a season like that where maybe you were like striving, trying to earn God's love rather than just like showing up with all your mess? Yeah. Oh my gosh. Absolutely. I've been in so many mindsets like that and so many long, hard seasons where you just never feel enough. And that's like the, it really is one of the biggest things that I, when I look at Mary and Martha's story and as you're walking through it I'm just like so captivated by their friendship with Mm, their father like yeah I just love that I love hearing a story that went up to women who really were really good friends with Jesus because it just shows us like that's what like the friendship should be Mm, like with our father as our daughters. And I really believe that's a huge reason why this story 
and Mary Martha are mentioned quite often um, through scripture. Like I think it's no accident that mm. their story is included in the Bible and is there for a reason for us to see this friendship, like to see like this is how we be in relationship with Jesus. This yeah. is how we be in relationship with God. Like we are like friends with him. Mm, we love him. We get to like sit and listen and have dinner with him. We get to like cry with him. Um, we just get to be with him. And I just think it's no accident that this story is in scripture. I just think that as his daughters, this is really a lot of what it looks like. It looks yeah. like just being friends with our father. Yeah. Yeah. And ha would you say you've ever like struggled with this? Like maybe approached it from a different viewpoint or something like that? Yes, absolutely. I think about all the times where I'm like, forcing myself to have quiet time you know like I'm like I gotta do this because this is what I've been told to do or this is where I can connect with you we talk about this all the time actually about how oftentimes we stop having like time with Jesus just because it doesn't feel like productive or it doesn't feel like worth our time but I think also attached to that is it's partially because we're not looking at it as like an enjoyable like intimate moment yeah. with a friend like we've just put rules and regulations behind it like I gotta study my scripture I've got to check off the boxes and you never that's not gonna really like that's not gonna get you to the feet of Jesus yeah. like yeah. what's gonna get us to the feet of Jesus is like building a friendship with him yeah and like having that intimacy with him yeah. like now yeah. when I go long seasons without spending time with him where I used to just be like, I've got to get back to it. This is so bad. Mm. Now I'm like, okay, how can I like be driven by intimacy? How can yeah. I be driven by friendship to get back with him? And yeah. there's a shift there. And it, what didn't happen in my life for a long time, it felt yeah. like a thing I had to do in a rule, in a way of yeah. Christianity or whatever <laughs> it is, you know? So. Yeah. That's so real. That's so real. And, um, yeah, I love that you talked about that friendship with Jesus. And what I really want to do is, is look at the lives of Mary and Martha, because I think it's a really beautiful picture of how do we, how do we have that, you know, less than perfect friendship with Jesus that yeah. giving him our kind of like less than perfect attention and devotion, kind of like taking away, um, just like all of our accolades and our accomplishments and just going, no, Jesus just wants my attention. He, he just wants me to be with him. And so yeah. I think these three stories to me really describe what friendship with Jesus can look like. And so um, I just want to talk about four points from these three stories from Mary and Martha. And we'll kind of dive into these. And I think those are both super applicable for you and hopefully easy to remember when maybe you feel like friendship with Jesus is kind of just slipping through your fingers and you're like, ah, I can't remember what that feels like. You can go back to these three stories and th these three moments, four things that I'm going to point out. So the first thing, and I think this is so cool. Did you notice that in every single story, um, Mary or Martha, they fell, they were at the feet of Jesus. You know, from the very first story, we see um, Mary sitting at the feet of Jesus, um, listening and learning. We see in the next story, um, Martha and both Martha and Mary falling at the feet of Jesus with their mourning and their, their sorrows. And in the final story, we see Mary actually anointing Jesus's feet with oil. She's sitting at his feet, um, just kind of like pouring all this really expensive thing, this really valuable thing, you know, on Jesus as an act of worship and adoration. And, um, I think when we talk about this, like friendship with Jesus, you know, at the end of the day, like 
um, they talk a lot about like God being both father and king. Like um, father is the one who like brings you and wraps you in. But at the end of the day, like God is also our king. Like he's holy and he's set apart. And so I think when we talk about friendship with Jesus, we have to remember that like Jesus does have a lot more to offer us than we do him. Um, And that Jesus, like we have to have a position of surrender with him um, where we just kind of fall before him and almost look up to him, look Mm. to his face and know that like this is a friendship that maybe is not going to look like your Friday night friendships, but this is a friendship that's going to be one where Jesus is going to just like sweetly pour into you and to give into you. And so I just love that literally every single one of these stories, Mm. they didn't happen, you know, sitting on the couch next to Jesus. They didn't happen like watching Jesus, you know, up on a, up on a stage speaking. And it's really far off in the distance. Like they were intimately close moments. Like Mary was very close to Jesus in each of these moments, but she was in a posture of sitting and surrendering at the feet of Jesus. And I think that's so important. Yeah, that is so important. Ladies, do you want to love God greatly? It's a simple goal with a life-changing impact. To love God, we have to know Him, and the Bible is the best way to know who He is. A beautiful ministry called Love God Greatly has been helping women around the world come to know God through His Word with a very simple method called SOAP Bible Study Framework, which stands for Scripture, Observation, Application, and Prayer. And now, to help you draw near to God, there's a new Bible project that puts these tools in your hands with the Love God Greatly Bible. Learn more about this special Bible at lovegodgreatlybible.com. I think about all the times. Um, Actually, Josh, my husband, he's so good about like in prayer, like actually physically like getting on his knees. And honestly, to be honest, I'm really bad at that. I don't know (laughs) if it's like a pride in me or whatever, like at church or something. I'm like, I don't want to be dramatic or I don't want this to look weird. But I actually think as as followers of Jesus, and I think this they teach us this, Mary and Martha, like, let's like be more willing to just yeah. like get on our knees. And like it, maybe yeah. it looks embarrassing and just like a humbling moment. And I don't know if that looks like like more so in, in public, like at church or in, in worship, mm, like humbling good. ourselves in a posture of just like being like low and at yeah. his feet yeah. and admiring him, looking up at his so holiness. Good. Like there's a way of positioning ourselves that's really beautiful here that I feel like we can learn a lot from. It might not even be at church. Maybe it's even at home in your room, like getting on your knees. I just want to be better about that discipline. And I think they teach us that. And I think there's something beautiful about it. Yeah. You know, I love that, that like physical posture of like, Hey, I'm going to get on the feet of Jesus. And then I think when you are used to that physical posture, it becomes easier to do that. Like in the spiritual realm as well, just like, yeah, like, all right, I'm going to surrender to you in this Jesus. So I love that. So first thing, it all happens at the feet of Jesus. Friendship with Jesus happens at the feet of Jesus. The second thing is that um, I want you to just kind of look at these three stories. So the first story, we see Mary in a position um, or in a posture of coming to the feet of Jesus um, in a posture of learning or growing or listening. Like Jesus was teaching and Mary was locked in at the feet of Jesus. Like she was looking to Mm -hmm. Jesus uh, to grow. She was looking to Jesus to um, receive more wisdom, to receive more insight, to receive more of Jesus's heartbeat for her and for God's kingdom and all of these things. And I think that sometimes as believers, we lose that posture of learning from Jesus, of being like, you know, poured into of being almost like discipled by Jesus. And so I think it's so important that we have rhythms in our lives that, Mm. um, we, 
we show up to Jesus not to get something, but we show up to Jesus just to like say, hey, Jesus, what do you have to speak? What do you have to say? Um, and we just listen. We don't always mm. like have this like conversation where we're like, okay, Jesus, let me tell you all my problems and like, how can you fix them? Like yeah. we just listen to what Jesus has to say. And so yeah, um, I think that's a super it. important posture that I'm always trying to like develop in my life and have different things that that mm-hmm. looks like. But like, I don't want to be a, a, a stagnant Christian. Like I want to know more and more of God's heart. And so, yeah. um, you that's know, that's good. knowing my word, knowing the word more deeply, that's um, prayer. And then I think that's also like just surrounding yourself with people who are going to help grow you and point you back towards Jesus. Yeah, absolutely. I wonder when I read the scripture of Mary and Martha and when Mary's sitting at us, I'm like always wonder what were they talking about? Like, yeah. don't you want to know? Like, yeah. What were they saying? But I'm sure it was so much. Was Every time we meet with Jesus, like we can expect him to speak life-changing things into our life and we don't want to miss those moments, like yeah. for sure. Yeah. So that is so good. Yes. Yes. I love it. Okay. So the next posture that we see Mary in, you know, the second story where um, uh, Lazarus has died and Mary and Martha both fall at the feet of Jesus in a posture of almost like lamenting or mourning or just saying like laying it all out before him. And I think this is such an important posture when we talk about friendship with Jesus. We can't hide our pain from Jesus. Like Mm -hmm. we can't, we have to bring it for him. We have to say, Hey Jesus, there's no better place for my disappointments. There's no better place for my anxiety, for my fear, for my heartbreak than at your feet laying it before him and then I love that we get to see that as God's daughters we see how he responds like do you see what Jesus did Mm. it's the shortest verse in the Bible it says Jesus wept like and I, I I think the word wept doesn't just mean like one tear slid down his his cheek I'm thinking this is like sobbing like Mm. you know his chest was heaving like he was mourning with Mm. Mary and Martha he was getting in their pain he was almost taking their pain upon his shoulders and I think when we come to the feet of Jesus in this posture of mourning of of just laying it all out before him I think that's what he does with us too like we're his daughters and so he gets in that pain he carries that pain for us and then we also see that he also says hey but like there's something else about to happen. And so even though he knew that Lazarus was going to be raised from the dead, he still took that time to mourn with him. And so even in your life, even though he knows like, hey, I'm going to redeem this for my good and for my glory. It's so important that as his daughters, we, we fall in that posture of mourning and lamenting straight at his feet. Yeah, so, so good. Oh my gosh. I love that it was Mary too in this moment who was the one who like, Bell and was like, ah, so I resonate a lot. We, we already mentioned it was yeah. an Enneagram seven, yeah. potentially no facts here, but we're thinking, <laughs> and I don't know about you, but there's some people that just like mourning and lamenting is a little bit harder for, yeah, right? It doesn't real. come naturally, like maybe to me and, um, maybe it maybe didn't even come naturally like to Mary, but that was still something she chose to do. Like he was a safe place for mm. her, even for somebody who probably like being sad and crying was really hard for her. Yeah. Like even still, like Jesus was a safe place for her. And yeah. so I think that's really, really sweet. Gosh, I could do this a lot. Yeah. So good. Mm -hmm. So good. Okay. And then the final thing that we see in that final story is Mary comes to the feet of Jesus in a posture of worship and adoration. She took this something that was so valuable and she could have used, you know, for herself or sold to make a bunch of money, but she laid it at the feet of Jesus. She, she poured her oil out. She anointed him. And, um, you know, some people kind of 
gave her some grief about it. And they were like, hey, what are you doing? But I love that Jesus honors her posture of worship when she didn't even know. She didn't understand. I think that probably some of the commentaries suggest that like maybe this was like almost... um, almost like a prophetic thing of her preparing Jesus for what he was about to do, which is about to go and die on a cross. And so maybe mm-hmm. Mary had a sense of that and like, um, she didn't understand maybe, but she was just saying, Hey, I don't know what's next, but I know that like I can worship, I can adore you and I'm going to give my everything before you. And, um, yeah. I was listening this morning, actually, I was like doing my hair, getting ready for the day. <laughs> and there's mm-hmm. that new song off of the, um, upper room and Maverick, collab and it's called move my heart you know that song? yes yes and um it's like literally what about if you've never listened to that song honestly pause this podcast <laughs> go put on that song and it's just like such a beautiful picture of worship and such a beautiful picture of what does it look like to adore jesus and actually a lot of what they're talking about the lyrics come from this story you'll see um but what i love is talking about in that song uh the singer uh Dante he's he's saying like he kind of is like speaking God's voice like on behalf of God's voice and he's saying like how God loves you he sees you like you move God's heart when you come to him without the performance when you come to him without the talents like when you just come to him with your mess and your brokenness and isn't that what we've just been talking about like we've been talking about that like I mean Jesus he, yes. he loves what you can do for him, but he doesn't care about it at the end of the day. Like he yes. loves, he loves just you. And when you come before him, okay. um, in this posture of just laying it all out before him. And I think that's what we can do as God's daughters is like, yeah. nothing makes him happier than when we fall at his feast and just say, Jesus, we love you. We love you. We love you. We can't get enough of you. Yes. So good. Wow. Gosh, this is all like, I'm, I'm like, now I just want to play that worship song. I know. Should we <laughs> just give a little glimpse right now? Okay. That- no, you please, please you like, this I time. I just want to move the da da. Oh, wait, wait, it's that. <laughs> wait. Is it a da da? No, I'll pour my spirit out. Is it a life laid down? I can't wow. sing. <laughs> good job. <laughs> so go good. listen to it. It's way better please, than, than please anything. Please go listen. But seriously, anybody listening to this who like maybe just has been, maybe it's just the way you've always done your walk with Jesus yeah. is like just doing the right things, making sure you get to church on Sunday. You are at every youth group event. You've been reading your Bible. You've done all the things. And Jesus, you know, in our father, he loves that. He, mm-hmm. he loves that about you. He loves your discipline. He loves like that you've been consistent and you've pursued him and yeah. all of that. But he really, really cares about just being with you and like just filling you and just being friends with you, sharing memories together, like having those hard moments, crying with you. Like he wants you to just like let down your hair, Mm -hmm. let down your guard and just be with him. And so I just want to encourage you, whoever's listening, who maybe just needs that to break that chain of like legalism. Like, remember this story. Like, maybe you have that picture of Mary letting down her hair, just getting Skin. like like free again of all of those things. Like, picture her crying. Picture Jesus crying. Like, mm-hmm. those are the real raw moments. And this is why we like, this is why we do what we do. We get to follow Jesus because we get to see 
him move in big ways on this earth and he wants to use us and he wants to be friends with us. Like yeah. it's a huge piece of the puzzle and we can't so miss good. it. So good. Yes. Okay. So how do we have this friendship with Jesus? I'll just recap this for you. Um, it starts with that falling at the feet of Jesus, that posture of surrender. That's the first thing. Like it can't happen at a comfortable distance from Jesus. You're going to have to get close and you're going to have to place yourself like looking up to him, looking to him for everything. Um, secondly, do that in a posture of learning and growing and listening. Like let Jesus pour into you. Um, listen to what he has to say to you. Uh, secondly, you know, bring him all of your disappointments, all your grief, all your heartbreak. Like we have to come to Jesus in a posture of lamenting, mourning and laying it all before him. And then Finally, we come to the feet of Jesus in a posture of worship and adoration, just saying, I love you, I love you, I love you. And I think that these are cool things to remember. If you're wanting to grow in your friendship with Jesus, like what would it look like to start to step into each of these really practically? I love that you talked about that physical posture, Kins. Um, and I think that's a super practical step. And then I think along the way, your heart will begin to, to transform and be molded and shaped into a heart that literally beats for nothing else than Jesus. So oh, yeah. What a beautiful story. I love Mary and Martha. I love it. Maybe one of my favorite weeks. Um, Seriously. Spoke too much to me. A little convicted, but I love it so much. <laughs> <laughs> so good. And you guys, if you want to know a little bit more, you need to dig in. Like there's so many fun details put throughout the workbook. It's insane. I yeah. love it. I learned so much. This is just so fun to get to do with this with you guys. Yeah. We'll catch yeah. you next week. We next are week. so pumped to be talking about Priscilla. Yes. This is like one you made maybe really haven't heard. Maybe yeah. you have, maybe you haven't, but yeah. you're about to know all the things. Yes. We can't wait. So we'll see you back here for our final week of our daughter's story. We're looking at the life and story of Priscilla. We love you, fam. See you next week. <laughs>